When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cannot believe that the NFL season starts here in just a little bit more than a week. Today's the final cut. A lot of guys are going to be scrambling for jobs. Cut down day is today at 1 o'clock. You need to be down to your 53-man roster and your practice squad. So Sean McVay, Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, all those guys probably. They probably have known what they want to do for a while, but some guys are going to get some bad news today. That's got to be so hard, Andy. Yeah, I got to be so. Just lousy. saw Jordan Rodriguez from the Athletic does a great job She's covering great. the Rams. She's yeah. awesome. Um, I thought you might find this interesting. They're releasing the Rams' Roger Carter Jr. Mm. Well, I guess it had a pretty good training camp and showed off a lot of versatility. He did. said they're hoping they can get him back for the practice squad if he clears waivers. Mm-hmm. But then there's always that risk that if somebody does well in a training camp. He's on waivers. He's going to get picked up by another team. Yeah, it, you know, that that's the whole Bryce Perkins thing, right? They probably don't want to carry three. Because, like, you carry that third quarterback, that's one less linebacker or defensive back, offensive lineman, whatever, wherever you want a little depth. You don't necessarily need to be super deep at quarterback. But somebody would take that dude. He was he was really good during the preseason. Somebody would absolutely snap him up. So that'll all be said and done a couple hours from right now. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 4, Andy. Mm-hmm. Start shooting. Is it today, Funch? They start. They start uh, photography yeah, sometime this week. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. That <laughs> unlike coming to America, which did not have a sequel, when it when they announced that it was going to happen, and they said, "Oh, no, no it's going to have Eddie Murphy. It's going to have Arsenio Hall. It's going to have James Earl Jones. You're going to you're going to have the crew together for this thing." Um, I was skeptical, and I think my skepticism was about right. It wasn't bad, but it. We didn't have to have that, right? It was just okay. Beverly Hills Cop, great movie. Oh, yeah. An iconic it, Eddie Murphy movie. It is Eddie Murphy at his best. No and this theme awesome. song right here is just incredible. Harold, Harold Faltemeyer. Yeah. What, say that again? That's the composer. Harold Faltemeyer? Harold Faltemeyer. Why I know that, I couldn't tell you in a thousand years, but I do. He also did the score for Top Gun originally. Oh. So go figure. I don't know why I know that, but he did. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 2, it's okay. Mm. So it was look it wasn't Godfather 2. I understand <laughs> no, that. No, it was not. But it was you went into it and you got more Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley. Sure. Cool. It's so when Eddie Murphy was still at like a peak yes. and you just wanted Eddie Murphy, you didn't really care what the delivery system right. was. And like Bridget Nielsen? She was I, Andy's the one that Andy likes it less than I did. It it was okay. Beverly Hills Cop 3, which Ooh. I believe took place at Magic Mountain, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Theme park, yep. Uh Wonderland. That's what they called it. Not good. Not, 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 not good. I don't know why we need to revisit this when we've got a continuous diminishing return on the previous two sequels. It's always rough to go back to the well after a long time away. And, you know, there are examples of it working or reconfiguring things like Cobra Kai has Mm -hmm. done a really successful job going back to that Karate Kid well. And kind of like with Beverly Hills Cop, you know, Karate Kid 3 
is unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Refresh no. my memory. Is that is that uh, Matthew Barnes, the bad boy? Of, not yes. Matthew Barnes. Barnes. Well, Mike Barnes. Mike, Mike Barnes, Barnes, yes. The bad boy bad of karate? Boy. Yes. Why is the and Valley the, so rotten with karate bullies? I mean, <laughs> we ever, like, why, why is the San Fernando Valley ground zero for, you know, basically psychopathic uh, karate high school students? Well, man, if you've ever spent any time in the Valley, the Valley's got some characters. <laughs> Like it's I grew up actually, in the valley, and you I, stop yeah, it. I was going to say, I feel like I'm familiar with the valley. I don't feel like it's that, like that unrealistic. That basically, like the most Isley of karate <laughs> could be going on in the valley. Like I, it's a really wide space. But why karate? I know it just it seemed to me like if there was you know gangs or or I, I don't. It just seems like the kids that were drawn to karate when I was in high school were not the most terrifying kids in the school. They didn't, they weren't the most, po- they weren't dating Allie with an eye at the prom. It's all relative, though. I mean, these are the most terrifying guys in the valley. You drop them into a rougher neighborhood, they're getting their asses kicked. Like, there's a, there's a reason that Johnny Lawrence and his crew, the rest of the Cobra yes. Kai, yes. you know, they kept their, they kept their bullying within like Encino and Reseda. Like, they, they didn't take this into more dangerous neighborhoods. <laughs> Let's be honest. Good point. I yeah, I can see that, this, that the the fabric of the karate scene in the San Fernando like, Valley is you know, now Cobra intact. Kai has been really successful. I, the the same guys, but that it's are, successful because it's super campy. Well, it, it, it's and it's fully self aware. Right. It's very self aware. Um, these same guys, it was just announced. I want to say last week, are doing. Kind of like a version of this with Ferris Bueller Day, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh-huh. but it's going to be a no. Well, no, this no. is this is interesting. It centers. That's the most emotional I've heard. No. Punches in my no. entire life. Man. Well, like, no. let's put a pin Stop in this really quick. These classics. Why? Fair, if you would have said, tell me the movie that's going to get Funches to jump out of his seat, Ferris Bueller would not have been on the well, list. Fer- What's Ferris, going on over there? Ferris Bueller's Day Off is. No offense, Funchy. It's maybe the only good movie you've ever seen. <laughs> there are so many good movies you've never seen. I saw Goodfellas, and that's my favorite movie. Goodfellas. Right. Okay, Goodfellas is my favorite that movie, makes, too. So what, why does why does Ferris Bueller resonate with you so it's much? Just, it's a classic, and it every is, time it, it does classic. come on TV, I watch it. Like, it's from one of my all-time in, favorites. Yes. It, I, they talk about classics all the time, though. It, this is the one that's Who cares? That's just that weird I, movie I with the mafia I was going to say like I, it's this is not a question of well, why is Ferris Bueller a good movie it is i it is an iconic 80s movie that we all saw and loved i get it that you, Michael Funches, are, always dreamt are a, having a day off Bueller like that. That's why. It's, it's a shocker. I've always me. dreamt of having a day off like that. That's well, why. Apparently, though, the spin they're doing with this, and this is interesting, it's actually going to center around the valets. Remember the valets that took oh, the car yes, on yeah. the joyride while Ferris and Cameron yeah, and they're at the Cubs game. Yeah, they're the Cubs game the and parade. Uh, <laughs> eating on Abe Froman's tab. The Sausage that. King of Chicago. The Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> Are you suggesting that I'm not who I say I am? <laughs> but it's going to center around the valets, which I think is actually an interesting way to do it. Yeah. But going back to the well can be dicey. It's very hit or miss. You mentioned Coming to America, yeah. the revamp 30 years It was later. neither a hit nor a miss. Dumb it and dumber. Miss. Well, that yeah, that was <laughs> right? a miss. Yeah, that, that, that was a miss. That coming to it, look, if you told me right now, Beverly Hills Cop 4, 
is going to hit the same part of the target that Coming to America was, the second, the sequel? Okay. Because there was a laugh or two in the second Coming to America that was... It's a lot of efforting for a laugh or two. It it, it is. (laughs) I'm not paying for it, right? So I'm not (laughs) not bankrolling it, but it wasn't... Because that could have been a disaster where you took a classic Eddie Murphy movie... And you just completely destroyed whatever connect- connectivity there was to the second one. I'm okay with it if it kind of gets there, but I don't know, man. I, th- Eddie Murphy is such a talented guy. There has to be a good Eddie Murphy thing that we haven't seen before. I don't need him as Axel Foley. I don't need him as the Prince of Zamunda again. I like let's let's find a new thing for Eddie Murphy Look, to do. A few years ago, he was in that Netflix movie Dolomite is my name. Great he's, movie. It's great. He's playing Rudy Ray Moore, this comic from the 70s who really came up from the underground and like had to establish himself in these black exploitation movies that he funded himself. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's a really good actor. He is phenomenal in the movie. Although, okay, uh, getting from at team underscore mats, pointing out Top Gun uh, went back to the well after many years off doing well. Um, Tron, he's claiming, did. I'm going to disagree on that one. Okay, so original. Right there. Yeah, I, I, I believe if you're... The first example of Top Gun, it's like, oh, oh yeah. to, if we, we immediately had to go to Tron next. Well, the Tron is the next step <laughs> on that train is not okay, good. Uh, at team <laughs> and underscore, I'm Team Tron, by the way. Right, at Team <laughs> underscore Matt's got this half right. It's apparently quite easy to go back to the well because it's all everybody does. Going back to the well and doing it successfully, different story. I'm trying to think what other Eddie Murphy movies are out there. that Because, look. What you said something too, like delirious with this delirious is, came out on this day in nineteen eighty three. Okay. Is that real like today? Today? Yeah. 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 Oh. I know on VHS. Great, great tweet from at uh Eric Herrera regarding the discussion about how Johnny Lawrence and the Cobra Kai kept their bullying within Reseda and Encino. Straight out of Chatsworth <laughs> just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> no, it it doesn't. Um I'm trying to think of some Beverly Hills cop. Coming to America, if you're doing like the, the, the best Eddie Murphy I know Bowfinger is really popular Bowfinger's with some people. Great. Bowfinger's very, very funny. Nutty I, professor. I'm, Nutty Professor is, is really hours. good. 48 hours. 48 is hours. Trading is so places. Great. Yep. Right. The, these are the ones that you feel like okay. we could try again. No yeah. Golden Child Love? Distinguished Gentleman, Boomerang. <laughs> boomerang. Was Vampire all right. in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, that ain't Metro. Metro. Didn't see Metro. Okay, this was something I, I want to say that I was doing this show with Kelvin. I want to say this. So this is a few years ago, but we we put out a poll and take four Eddie Murphy classics from the eighties. Got to kick the, one. Yeah, Forty Eight Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America. One has to go forever. Forty Eight Hours. What were the three? And, and, I, three? and I don't want to do it, but something's got to go. See, to me, 48 hours has to stay. 48 hours, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, Trading, trading places. places. Oh, yeah, it's 48 hours. I think so, too. No. It, no. I, look, I don't want it to. No, look, it's a great movie. It's it's Eddie Murphy's film debut. It's one of the greatest film debuts ever. <laughs> Eddie Murphy in the bar where he's going to the redneck bar is un. It's believable. Right. It basically invented the salt and pepper, <laughs> black and white, buddy, buddy cop, like yeah. in this case, literally buddy, buddy cop formula. Like, inter- or if nothing else, really so commercialized. If I have to kick one, I'm kicking trading places. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just <laughs> flat out wrong. I can't, yeah, you can't trading- get rid of trading places. 
It's such an incredible movie. They even bring it back. Like it's it it's well, a part of a fabric later on in in uh, coming to America. Yeah, it's a through line for well, sure. Well, it's one callback joke. It's not the through. Doesn't line. matter. It doesn't but matter. It still connects. I feel like you're ignoring yeah. a very important part of this, which is the Jamie Lee Curtis component to all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying that without trading places, we don't have Jamie Lee Curtis in the Eddie Murphy universe, which feels important to me. Mm, yeah. I'm just there. We, we have different priorities apparently. No, I understand. <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. I feel like though. That particular element without specifically Jamie Lee Curtis, you can find it in Coming to America and you can <laughs> no, find it especially it, in 48 Hours. No, but not with Jamie Lee Curtis, you true. can't, which is true. No, if Emily were here, she would insist that we put Shrek on that list, which would make this game much Again, easier. in the 80s. Yeah. Going strictly it, 80s. Shrek, he was great in Shrek. Like, yes. let's find a new... I, 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 look, I'm but that wasn't it. him as the lead. No, he but was he was just as important as Mike Myers. Absolutely, that, that but movie he wasn't does the not lead. Go without Eddie Murphy. You don't. You don't t- think of Shrek and think, oh yeah, that's that Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, I do. You do? I mean, it's not an Eddie Murphy movie, full stop. But that movie, when I think of that movie, I think of Eddie Murphy. I mean, yeah. Well, you, you mostly think of Mike Myers and the actual Shrek character, yeah. and, and Cameron Diaz. I don't really I, yeah, like her too. Yeah. <laughs> Just there's not a lot of things as an ogre. I like ogre as the princess Fiona. Whatever, whatever, whatever you got. I'm here for uh, all of your Cameron Diaz uh, <laughs> conversations. I don't like the I'm trading places slander. By the way, Andy, it's not slander. It is slander. You it have slander. to get rid of one of them. If I, you, but you know what? You know what the most interesting part about this is nobody wants to take Beverly Hills Cop or, or Coming to America off the list. Those are the two that we all agree on. Well, I think in some respects, I mean, it's all relative because these are all movies that are 30 plus years old. There is some degree of recency bias with them. Sure. Like 48 Hours is the oldest of them. Trading Places is is the second oldest of them. I was 12, 13 when um, Delirious came out and there was a cassette of it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That made its way through Foothills Junior High in Arcadia High School or Arcadia, California. That was like smuggling heroin. <laughs> that that, that like body one, one, one guy one guy would pass. Don't dude, don't let don't let Mister Jones see this. He'll he'll take it away. You know you have to and you would take it home. You put on your Walkman and you'd be laughing hysterically. Travis has this bed. cassette like smuggled under his tongue. <laughs> hey, look, you know, there's backpack pockets, other places, right? It was the contraband to have. In seventh grade and whatever that was, 1982 or three, you had to have it. Now, it feels like maybe you could have lived without some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, even Eddie Murphy has acknowledged there are elements of raw and delirious that did not age well. No, that's comedy, right? There's some (laughs) of that stuff that does not age particularly well. All right, the Dodgers um, have a big one. Do they against Jacob DeGrom and the Mets coming up tomorrow night, or is that just the next game on the schedule? That's next. It's Travis Lee, and he's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's a banger. I, I dare you to hear this and not have your head start to go up and down, right? You just feel pretty good. It's also going to be stuck in my head for the rest Whoa, of the day. Oh, no question about it. Tell me how long you have to hear this song before you immediately go to, oh, yeah, that's Rick James in the background. I remember seeing the video oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that any more? Wait, wait. Is that Rick James? It, <laughs> it happened pretty quick. It gets overshadowed a lot because, like, Rick James, the legend, was larger than life, and then... Charlie Murphy's stories about this on Chappelle. Yeah. Rick James was incredibly talented. Yeah. Like exceptionally talented. Like this together. I <laughs> I as, as evidence one A, I present she likes to party all the time. Like this is this is the same girl who eventually went to be uh the apple bottom jeans girl. <laughs> boots on the floor. Yeah, boots with the fur. <laughs> boots really? with the fur, yes. Yeah, come on. She man. got low. Cisco? If if I get that right, I'm quick. Flow rider. Flow rider. Damn. You were close. I was yeah. Kinda. I, I was not really. This, my brother, this is so great. He was with his wife one time and saw this billboard. And was like, Honey, what's Florida? Even I know know that Florida and Florida are not one of the same. But I feel like this girl, she became the girl in the apple bottom jeans. Yeah. She just kept partying well before her expiration date. (laughs) Just kept going. She's just still out there doing her thing. She still is. I get it. Like, at this point, it's a cry for help. Yeah, she she wants off the dance floor right. at this point. She just doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know what else to do. So she's overcompensating with the jeans and the boots with and the fur. The boots with the fur, sure. I I understand. Um, Greg, do you know that you need a uh, factor cap in about twelve minutes from right now? That I do. Yeah. Oh well, I'll, I'll I mean, start working on it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, I wanted to get no, no, oh, you. No, no, I got Funch just told me ahead of time. He's like, I got both of them. My like, goodness, Funch, you are just, uh, you know who he is. He's, he's like Chris Taylor. You need me to play a little short, I'll play a little yeah, short. You need me to play go. center, left, I can play second base. You want to play third, bat, bat third, bat eighth? That's my Mop the floors, <laughs> you know, clean the TV. Whatever yeah, you need. You know, whatever you need. Chris Look, Taylor, this, this trash can is a little full, Funch. If you want to just take it out to the back, I'd really appreciate it. Take it out on my way out to the car. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> After saying deuces out to this job. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. SC opens with Rice. Um, they're going to kill Rice. They, the Rice is Rice is an academic school. They're yes. not. They're, they're going to take care of Rice. Not a big deal. We were kind of talking this morning. What would be a successful opening act for Lincoln Riley? And I'm not talking about an opening game. I'm talking about an opening season. And you look at these guys that have really turned programs around. In, in, and the two best examples, I think, are actually USC. And Alabama, because here, here's what we're talking about. You're talking about a program that has a rich tradition in the sport, SC and Alabama do. You're talking about a program that has the highest of highs that fell to a, a place where it was completely unsatisfactory. You're cycling through coaches that aren't working. You're trying to find someone who fits the mold of the guy who did the thing, right? In the, in the, case, the first case of SC, Pete Carroll was choice, I want to say number five. 
Five okay. or six. It, he was way to, they tried Dennis Erickson, they tried Mike Bellotti, they tried Mike Riley. They, they went after a lot of guys and ultimately ended on Carroll because they wanted somebody from the John McKay, John Robinson family. They tried, didn't really work, land on Carroll, took them one year. First year was mediocre, and from that point forward, they were gone. They, they were the SC that you think of. Then they tried to find the Pete Carroll guy. They tried with Lane Keffin. They went through the whole damn tree. The whole tree. Alabama, right? Rich tradition, all the winning. Bear Bryant, let's find a guy that played for Bear, coached under Bear, and it really didn't work. The thing kind of started to rot, despite the fact that I don't know if anybody cares more about their football program than the people at Alabama. They finally said, who's the best guy available? Nick Saban. Bring him in here. Took him one year. First year? mediocre, and then it was Nick Saban in Alabama. So with that in mind, the, the, the set of circumstances is kind of similar here at SC Reboot 2.0. Is this a 500 mediocre, maybe not five, but eight and four, eight and five kind of season, nine and four kind of season? Is that okay for an opening act for Lincoln I mean, Riley? I think the context a lot will matter in terms of however many losses they have, how did they look in the losses? Like, if they lose to a team that is just better than them, that's acceptable. What they need to look like, and this was really lacking, I think, especially last year, it's not just being competitive. they got to have a competitive spirit because last year's team looked like they would give up on themselves Mm -hmm. really, really quick. Like, a couple bad series, you know, they have two, uh, two series, other team scores twice, defense looks out, couple series, the offense can't get it to click. They they would hang their heads really easily. Like they got to look like a team that's fighting a lot. What I think though is really interesting about this SC team moving forward is like beyond Lincoln Riley being a new voice and like a really you know high profile. He was considered a massive get for them. I don't think anybody thought USC would be able to get a guy like you, Lincoln you, Riley. If we're being perfectly honest, short of Nick Saban. I don't know if there was a bigger splash they could make. Certainly they, not one that was realistic. No, well, even unreal, because I wouldn't have thought Lincoln Riley was realistic. No. I, I, that, that was a shot at the moon that, that hit, because Saban's the guy. Dabo, I guess, would be guy B. And then it's probably Lincoln Riley. Boy, it is so hard to picture Dabo Sweeney. In, Never. Dabo Sweeney in Southern California. Well, they, they didn't hire Ed, or- Ed Orgeron for that reason because right. it's just like, mm, no, we got to send this guy into Newport Beach occasionally. It's kind of interesting, too, because <laughs> at the time, and I will admit I was among those people, it felt like USC was just being snobby mm-hmm. and that they were worried too much about the optics and not being willing to bring in the, you know, the swamp thing in, in Ed Orgeron. As time has gone on, I'm not saying they knew the exact reasons that they didn't want to bring in Orgeron, but Orgeron has not been able to sustain the momentum that he had, you know, out of the gate looking like he really was the guy. Look, the, here's here's something nobody says aloud, but it's just 100%. Ed Orgeron's a lousy football coach. He's a really popular guy. Yeah. He's a lousy football coach. I know that they ran – that team – had like 35 NFL players on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was the. Put the, you and me in charge of it. Yeah. <laughs> then we're going to win a whole. When you put Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and God knows how many other guys were a part of that team, you're going to win. Everywhere he's gone, he's been the head coach, the thing bottoms out and bottoms right. out fast. Charisma will only take you so far. But what I think is interesting, though, with this SC situation is how many new guys they have, like how many transfers. They just announced. 
the captains today, Lincoln Riley said who they were. Mm-hmm. Two of the four are transfers. Caleb Williams, the new quarterback, also Shane Lee, a linebacker transfer from Alabama. And I think it underscores just how new everything is, which on one hand could be an explanation uh-huh. if things don't go well this year. It's like, okay, new pieces, new faces. It takes a little time for this to gel. On the other hand, if things don't go well, depending why they don't go well, you can't just say, well, these were all Clay Helton players. No. Like, Th- these are these are just leftovers. So what do you expect Lincoln Riley to be able to do? Like that excuse is actually not there for Lincoln. Riley. It, it's not for a couple of reasons. One for the the one that you mentioned. Number two, you said it a minute ago. It depends on who they lose to. Did the other guy just have a better team than you did on any given day. They're really only going to play two teams that probably are air quotes better than they are. It's Utah and Notre Dame. That's it. They don't play Washington. They don't play Oregon. They don't, you know, UCLA is, you know, all due respect, Greg. Stop it. U- UCLA is always just kind of underachieving no matter what's going on Not there. Not last year. Uh, they yeah. Can't even, they can't even figure out how to get out of the Pac-12 correctly. <laughs> That that is that is a team. And that's true. That, that they, well, and it's and it's one of those deals that you could probably book your Aloha Bowl appointment for UCLA today, and, and not, not worry about losing your deposit. They're going to get to the Aloha Bowl. They all, I believe, they have a standing reservation. <laughs> I, well, hey, I don't me, like uh, any of this. Stuff. Me, can, can I have that block of rooms at the uh, Sheridan in Waikiki? We'll be best. We'll, Greg, we'll if you see want, you in a if year. You get the best rate. You should lock it in now. <laughs> Look, if they're going to do anything, this year is going to be the year that they're going to that they're oh, going to boy. cause some noise. It would have to be this year. It would. I guarantee you. They have an easy schedule, it, just like the just it, like SC. The Pac-12, by definition, is right. This is yes. not just an SC thing. Oregon is. I'll put it this way: Oregon's playing Georgia tomorrow, on Saturday. They're Oregon and Utah are the two best teams in the conference, presumably. They're an eighteen-point underdog to Georgia. Okay, they're they're not a great team. They're they're. An okay team. How on Utah's earth? an okay team. How on earth is Dorian Thompson Robinson still there? He well, he, how? I can explain he, it. Here, here's what it is. When he was apprenticing under Troy Aikman, he really put in a lot of work, <laughs> and, and 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 he really made sure to understand the Donahue offense. So now that he's finally ready to take over the team full time, he's ready to shine. The real story is that it was because of the pandemic year where they got those ex- two extra story. years. That's the real story, not your Troy Aikman nonsense. Hey, him and Tommy Maddox were competing to be t- Troy Aikman's backup. Hey, Tommy Maddox had a couple good years then in Pittsburgh. Cade McNown popped in and kind of stole the job from DTR for a couple. Couple of seasons, and now it's his turn. This dude has been there forever and been lousy the entire time. What? And been at best mediocre and oftentimes less than that. Yeah, look, this is their year. Sure. This this would be that year. About this before. Eh. Yeah, it will be. He's going to, Lincoln Riley is going to win 10, 9 or 10 games, almost on accident, just because the league stinks. Um, I don't know if that means that they're back, but I do know that the next year, going into the 2023 season, now you've put yourself in, okay, getting that Final Four or whatever incarnation. But I do think for the time being, a lot of SC is just going to be judged by vibe. Like, what's the vibe on the field? But the vibe, so here's what's crazy, Andy. You look at their schedule, they really, they don't have a game that you think they might lose until like the end of October when they play Utah, I think it is. And then Notre Dame's at the very end of the season. They're going to have a record that's 6-0, and 7-0, whatever, whatever it might be. Maybe they stub their toe against a Stanford or something. But they're going to be a zero or one loss team deep into the season. And the hype, the, the hype's not going to be, hey, guys, 
Pac-12 sucks. Everybody calm down. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a Lincoln Riley figured it out. They're 8-0. They're going, it, it, it's going to go out of your mind because well, they're going to get off to a great look, start. The base wants to get behind Lincoln Riley in the same way the base did not ever want to get behind Clay Helton. Even when he won the Rose Bowl, even when he followed up the Rose Bowl season, which was, relatively speaking, a letdown, it still was a solid enough season. They never, and I'm not saying that they were wrong with Clay Helton. I'm just saying from the minute Clay Helton began, the SC base decided this ain't the dude. Right. Well, the circumstances upon his arrival, basically it was we need somebody that's not going to do that. Sure. Right? Let's just have a guy that's we can trust that he's going to go home at night. <laughs> we can trust that he's not going to show up somewhere and embarrass us. Just who's Clay, and, you and take look, over this. Helton is a high-character guy. Yes. Like, I mean, I think he's actually one of the rare – college football coaches that really does care about his players and like their well-being yeah. it's probably a they detriment also, they also went four and eight <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which is not great along the way one quick tweet and then we're out of here bruins have high hopes this year bergman it's vegas bowl or bust that's from dan peralta you, there, there was right. slander towards trading places now there's slander toward my bruins i'm not liking any of this show <laughs> well, come on in you're you're welcome here anytime especially if we're going to do that factor cap the funchest edition it's next it's travis lee 710 espn Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, I'm going to say like Emily. Hey guys, <laughs> say that again. Travis. Pretty good Emily impression. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Didn't have your mic on. Now. Okay, that does help. Yeah. Red light means it's on. Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. Red light means it's, <laughs> it's on. My first yes. day. <laughs> All right, guys. Where's so you... Tibor? <laughs> Can somebody so, uh, else do it? <laughs> so you guys notice that we have new a new vending machine in the kitchen. Has sandwiches in it, fresh sandwiches, salads too. So you know, some people got phobias about eating sandwiches out the vending machine. So fact or cap, you will eat a sandwich out the new vending machine, Travis. Cap, I, I, I am, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not super germy when it comes to things. Like I, I will eat off taco trucks, and and like I'm, I'm good with that. It doesn't have to be an operating room level of cleanliness for me to do it. But, but let me ask you guys this: Have you ever seen anybody put sandwiches in there? Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel. I haven't, so I don't know. Like all I know is that that club sandwich could have been in there <laughs> since May. I, I I don't know. I've I think never the seen somebody take them out to turn. <laughs> <laughs> Put them two more feet, and I can fit it in the fridge. No, I uh, I'll, I I if I'm gonna get a sandwich, it's gonna be something that I see get made in front of me. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, that's my. I I will say. All the sandwiches and salads in that machine look legit good. Like they do. This they, looks do. Like they absolutely do. Have it, you tried one, Funch? I have not, but I'm I'm not opposed to it. It looks like an upscale vending machine, but as we I believe discussed yesterday, I have a fear of expiration dates. <laughs> like I am very, very much into the expiration date. I pay attention to sell by versus use by. Yes, and I just wonder if whoever's in charge of the machine is as big a freak about it as is me <laughs> right well and there, there there's the whole thing too it's like if it's the i don't know turkey and cheese 
I'm probably going to be okay. Once you get in like chicken salad and tuna, I'm going to run. Well, the, the more mayo involved, too. the more mayo involved, the dicier this thing gets. I like a good tuna sandwich, but I'm going to make that for myself. So not only is it fact, I have eaten all of those sandwiches, yeah, including the tuna sand- you sandwich. You did? Yes. And you're still here? I- I'm alive and well and moving. Did, do we know what Emily had for lunch yesterday? Oh, don't eat that. <laughs> how, how, was, how was it? Dope, it, was, right? you know, it was totally fine. It was, it was okay. absolutely edible. It, it was not, which is not the best way to describe things. <laughs> How was that sandwich? Completely edible. edible. Yeah. Oh. No, it was, well, it was, it was good. Me too. You Here's talk. the thing, Travis. <laughs> you know, when you're hungry, you're hungry, and you will eat what's in front of you. I will eat that sandwich and be totally fine. See, in, in that circumstance, Andy and Greg, I, I would, I'd go to the bag of chips. I'd get the bag of M and M's because those things basically never go just, bad. But you just don't feel like a bag of chips sometimes. Right. I, I yeah. understand, and well, I'm not can. saying it's like, a good choice. I needed a sandwich, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I wanted the tuna. I'm going to make it. And tuna I like sandwich. tuna sandwich. Put it in the very back and see how. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Tuna no, though, do tuna no, from bad. a vending machine, Greg. That's got a vacuum that's YOLO. That's aggressive. That is. I've been eyeing that tuna. It looks good. It's good. Eat it. Eat it. Go in the break. Go get it. Some caution. He also gets his sushi at Circle K. Seven <laughs> Eleven, come on, a little more upscale. Uh, so I notice all you guys are not wearing watches, and I have to say, you know, fact or cap, you don't wear a watch because you get the time from your phone, Andy. Uh, it's fact. I mean, it really, I've never worn a watch. I used to never wear a watch because I was habitually late to everything, so I had one fewer excuse if I had a watch on. So I just stopped wearing a watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. That was actually a reason I stopped wearing a watch. <laughs> I'm late to everything. Bleep this watch. No, th- yeah, the solution was never figure out a way to be on time to stuff. Start earlier. Leave yeah. 10 minutes No, earlier. it was. I need a better my watch away. It was create more plausible deniability. Um, I, I have a couple of very nice watches that I really, Ooh, really look like. look at you, man. Um, Humble brag. I, I know. I, no, I, I do. My wife gave me one as a gift, and I got one as a as a longtime um, present for my previous occupation that was gorgeous, and, and I, I really like it. But Funch, I, you, you know me. I'm not super... I'm not the guy that's going to get bullied in the trends and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But oh. li- literally, literally <laughs> nobody wears one. It feels weird when I have it on. It feels like oddly flashy, and that's not my job, like my deal at all. So I just don't wear it. It just it's... that speaks to how low key you are. When the idea of a watch, woo! I don't want to stand out. <laughs> well, I, I know <laughs> I, exactly. It, <laughs> I don't know. How to... What am yeah. I, a fashionista? <laughs> it, it feels aggressive. It really does, and so I don't wear it. What yeah. am I, Machine Gun Kelly? With my watch on i don't want to be drawing all this attention to myself uh no it, and, and this x-lax watch don't tell time no good know how you know it's it's cap it's cap for me i like wearing watches i usually i my watch is just broken i need to get a new one i actually it, i enjoy having something on my wrist. i actually my wrist feels naked right now not having a watch on you could go Morales i don't like it bracelets yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a bracelet guy. Bracelets on his arm. Be a, yeah, I mean that's his thing. You know, that's cool. I I'm not a bracelet guy. I can't do it. I am not a watch guy, so I never really wear a watch. I just check the you know time on my phone. So and my hand doesn't feel naked. You know, I'm, I'm not rich like you it guys. really is an accessory, like a pure accessory. <laughs> rich like us because point. we owned watches. Yes, yeah, it, yes. It, does. it, it yes. feels yes extra. Maybe not fly. It feels extra. It's like, hey, I have a watch. Look at this. I know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's two forty six. Two forty five. Right. I, I mean, it's not a pinky ring, Travis. <laughs> it, well, I mean, it's pinky ring adjacent. <laughs> like, like no, nobody thinks you're connected if you're wearing a watch.
Ooh, look at that guy with the watch. Uh, Big guy over there. Ooh, humble brag with that watch. <laughs> look at that Apple guys. watch he's wearing. Uh, tracking his steps. <laughs> So you, like, you, I, you know, I'd feel better with that than what I have. Put it that way. Watches are judgmental now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys are all, you know, you guys are talent, producers. We work in radio. We're always on the air. We're always doing something important. And my mom always calls me at the wrong time. Like, we're on the air. Uh, during a Laker game, she FaceTimes me, you know, <laughs> <She takes laughs> just to call. ask me how I'm doing. Yeah. So, uh, Factor Cap, your parents always call you at the wrong time. Um, Travis. No, uh, they, they don't. I, I, I am very fortunate. I have a really good relationship with both my folks. I talk to them regularly. Um, I am the one that initiates the call with them probably 85, 90% of the time. So I get to control. And my, my parents are incredibly solicitous of my work schedule. So they know when I'm on, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, my, my parents have some game for old people. It is 100% fact for me. Yes. Specifically, yes. specifically yes. my mom who, you know, and I have a great relationship with both my parents, or at least I'd like to think I do. Um, and my mom is a wonderful person. She does not know how to text. And she's really, <laughs> I'm not joking, she's afraid to learn. She's like worried she'll break the phone. Does she know how to type? Barely. Okay. <laughs> um, she she will email, but it'll take a while. Like years ago, remember like the old uh, AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> oh, People yes. doing that. I was in St. Louis visiting my family, and my cousin Rob, I am'd me, and we're just talking back and forth. And I said to my mom, "Hey, mom, Rob's on here. Do you want to say hi? You want to say anything to him?" She started typing. It took so long. He signed off. <laughs> <laughs> but she, because my mom will never text, which is actually the more immediate way to get a hold of someone in any setting. Like usually, unless it's like a super important meeting yeah. or whatever, you can respond quickly. She always calls, and she will. She will like sometimes call. Like, there have been times where I've been at a Laker game. She'll call quickly and pick up. I'm at a Laker game, Mom. Can't talk right now. I'll see Brian. We'll get a call. <laughs> Does he pick up? No. Same. I'm just like, dude, it's Mom. My it's like, my dad just turned 74 a few months ago, and he puts emojis in his text. He puts in GIFs. Like, he's... Does he really? Yeah. Really? Like, wow. the, the strength emoji? Like Well, they'll use the, he uses emojis correctly, like the right emoji for the right thing that we're doing. But all of a sudden, like, you'll get this random Michael Scott office GIF. <laughs> I'm like, really? Dad, damn, that's pretty impressive. Good, good for my him. My dad yeah. has figured out the thumbs up. That's pretty much it. Yeah, he he understands how to do the thumbs up part. This is the other problem though with my mom. Not only does she not know how to text, you can only call her. She's often afraid to pick up the phone, and does not know how to use her voicemail. She cannot retrieve her voicemail. What is she, what is she wary of picking up on She'll the other side? <laughs> She'll break the phone. Not not joking. When my when my mom's cell starts ringing, her response is always oh bleep. <laughs> Every time the phone rings, her immediate response is, oh, bleep. <laughs> Any more, Fudge? Uh, uh, I got one more. Oh, oh, you'll just skip me. It's okay. Don't worry no, about it. No, you guys no, can keep talking about it. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. It's totally fine. No, go to the next one. Sorry. I thought you were in a meeting. Bro. I thought you were still going to talk <laughs> about Dorian Thompson Robinson. <laughs> I wanted to skip it, so we didn't have to. Greg, yeah, don't worry. I don't, I don't exist here. It's all right. It's totally fine. Greg, <laughs> please tell me about your parents. And their, and their text. So habits. it's cap for me. My parents don't call me at all. So my mom I is, I think, of, <laughs> my mom, I think is, I skipped him. <laughs> oh, see, now I don't want to do it anymore. I don't <laughs> no. want to tell my story any longer. You've, you've t completely taken me out of the story now. Yeah, I'm sorry. One more no, 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 I'm done. <laughs> All right. Next one. Punch is perfect. All right, guys. We got gonna, what I wanted. We're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
uncomfortable. It was too. It was going to go too dark. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to talk a lot about this a little later. Uh, will LeBron be on a cover with his kids this week? Um, now he says he really wants to play with both of them, uh, Bronny and Bryce. So this factor cap is good for all of you guys in a room. Uh, factor- well, not me, apparently. No, no, no. You you stay here. You stay here. <laughs> uh, so factor cap in about 15 to 20 years, you'd want to do a radio show or a podcast with your kids. Gregory. Oh, thank you, Travis. That's so nice of you. Yes, I would love to do a podcast. So, fact, I would love to do a podcast with my kids, especially Riley. She would be so much fun to have a podcast she with. She killed it when she, she was here like a month or so yeah, ago. Yeah, I would love to do a podcast with her. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of all of my kids. They, they're they're funny. They're all very different from one another. Um, you get a little different vibe from each one of them. Um, yeah, I would, I would call I would it No that. Shoes, No Shirt or something <laughs> yeah. like podcasts. No Shoes, No Cares. I think, I think would be a good name for that. Andy? I would love to do a podcast with my daughter. I can promise she won't want to do one with me. Like, I just feel like she would she would find that kind of embarrassing. Like, the idea of doing the show with daddy. How old is she? She's 11. Oh, she'll, she'll come around. Yeah, by, yeah by about 10 years. 15, 10 years. 16, certainly by late teens, she'll be all over it. It would, it would probably be about anime. That would be the podcast. She's super into anime. Is she artistic? Very. Actually, yeah. I mean, my biases aside... She's an exceptionally good artist. All right. Like an exceptionally good drawer. Yeah, my, my kid would want to have be about him. <laughs> Bobby would want a podcast about Bobby and probably fairly, he lives an interesting life. I'm not going to lie. He's got some things. All right. Good job, Funch. Would, come up with some other game in the third Thank hour. You. you know, Thank you've only you. done one per hour. Let's, uh, you got the dump coming All up right. in yes, hour. Yes, yes, that's right. So you can do that as well. All right. Um, Gene Buss said that. Russell Westbrook was the Lakers' best player and then amended it to most consistent player. What does all of this mean? Because here we go again, um, Andy. Just another thing in the Laker universe that doesn't seem to connect to any of the other Laker things in the universe. That's next. It's Travis Lee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. All right, we're getting a little closer to a cut-down hour, right? The NFL uh, will have to have their 53-man rosters done about an hour and 10 minutes from right now. Um, you're starting to see some names trickle out. And, Andy, you just mentioned Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Slee's going to be apoplectic as as a as the leader of Raider Nation that he is. Yeah. Alex Leatherwood was their first-round pick of 2021, right? I'm looking this up right now, but per Adam Schefter, uh, they have waived Alex Leatherwood. He was quickly taken in. Well, that can't be right. Yeah, I think it is. 2021. Yeah, he was their first round pick in 2021. I knew he was a first last round year. I knew he was a first round pick. I thought it was maybe 2020 so or go back a wow. little bit further than that. Cleveland Farrell yes, was the guy oh, that I they that. took third or fourth. He was very I high. I remember that. He was a guy that almost nobody thought would be in the first round. Yep. The Raiders I, took him third or fourth. I remember that. You know what he's doing for that team right now? He's playing special teams. I know. So they've had two high first-round draft picks that are gone or barely hanging on to their roster spot. This is why when you decide to hire a coach, you better not get it as wrong as the John Gruden hire was because it'll screw up your team for a while. Well, I mean, look, without I, – I will fully preface this by saying I have no sources among the Raiders. I, I am not plugged into that team in the slightest. This is pure speculation on my part, but speculation – that I think at least makes sense. Remember when Dana White revealed that he had been like a liaison trying to set up a deal where Brady and Gronk would end up with the Raiders, Mm -hmm. and it got a reasonable distance, but ultimately Gruden was the one that shut it down. You know, granted, it's coming from Dana White, so take that 
as you will. He's a big talker. But if that's actually true, I am guessing it's because John Gruden did not want anyone on that team bigger than him. Oh, no. Yeah. That has to be the reason. So when that story broke, my first reaction was John Gruden wanted to be the reason the Raiders returned to success. Yeah. That he was not willing – because when Tom Brady went to Tampa – and they won the World the World Series, the Super Bowl that first year. It was Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl with Tampa. No one's talking about Bruce Arians being a genius. No one's Bruce Arians did a fine job, whatever. But it was Tom Brady. Yeah. Gruden wasn't having that. Nope. Gruden wasn't having somebody come in, to your point, who's bigger than him, who would get more credit for the success of the team. He wasn't having that. No, he's no just known chance. as the guy with the racist emails. Yeah. And, and the, by the way, John Gruden, first trip through the Raiders, did a good job. Took Tony Dungy's players and punched the ticket. Other than that, not a very good NFL and head coach. Ask Keyshawn yeah. what he thinks of John Gruden <laughs> yeah, as a coach. That goes without saying. Another weird thing heading into the NFL season, Jimmy G restructured his deal. He's going to – because the, the, the general consensus was you're not going to have a backup quarterback making $25 million. You have to cut him. You have to release him. So teams like Seattle and Pittsburgh kind of like, okay, we're going to wait till he, he's available. They restructured his deal. He's going to be their backup quarterback. I'm sure that Trey Lance loves that. That the the guy that took the team to the Super Bowl. By the way, two years, three years ago now, three seasons ago, had them in the NFC Championship game last season. Is still sitting there waiting for you to have your first three interception day, which will come. And people, never mind fans, never mind the Andy and Travis equivalent in and KNBR up north, right? The guys in that locker room are going to be like, um, why are we playing the kid when we got a guy that's still a pretty good player? That's a weird well, decision. In, unless you know that internally they don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo in that locker room. Like if they, if they, Why wouldn't they, though? I mean, he, he took them to the NFC Championship game. He's taken them to the Super Bowl. They, he's, a, by all accounts, an incredibly popular person in the organization. I'm just saying, if there is – because I guess then at that point it raises the question of – why the Niners wouldn't keep him. The Niners, by the way, have been an underrated quarterback controversy team for like the last decade, you know, going back to Kaepernick. Yeah. All that. They, they are always just one big QB controversy. I mean, look, I know a lot of Niner fans. None of them think Jimmy G can do a thing. Like, it's not, he's, it's, he's tricky. You're, he's, you're not, he's you're really not benching tricky. prime Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're not. But you're also not benching a total slug for an unknown. They, look, Trey Lance, there's just as... I think a lot of people, though, would say you're benching a semi-slug but he, for an unknown. He's, he's Jared He's a game God. manager. He, he, he is, but a very, very successful one. He's a very handsome one. He's a very handsome He's. I'll buy any Italian sub he wants okay, to sell. Okay, th- this is a... Dreamy. This is something... Yeah. This is something <laughs> Brian and I talked about before, a theory we had. By and large, you know, there, you'll, you'll be able to find exceptions, but by and large, I don't think it is possible to succeed at the NFL level at quarterback without being good-looking. Okay, this is maybe my favorite topic ever. Um, I'm gonna, Ben Roethlisberger? It's all right. You know, ben, remember, before Roethlisberger started looking like he was letting himself go. Joe Montana ain't the prettiest dude in no, the world. No, Joe Montana was a handsome guy, handsome yes. enough guy. Yeah, he, he, had, I'm, I'm not, he not, wasn't a gargoyle. Right. I'm not, I'm yeah. not talking... 
Look, the standard is not Brady. I want to make it clear. Or like Garoppolo. Like these guys who look like they could be models. Right. Like I'm I'm talking about just. I'm just going down the list right now. Russell Wilson is handsome enough. Yeah. Matthew Stafford is handsome enough. Uh, just Justin Herbert. He's okay, right? He's okay. I mean, yeah. the long hair, the long yeah. hair clothes. He's still got, like, the teenage acne. Car like. is fine. Yeah, car uh, <laughs> This is a very fun game. Um, Kyler Murray, certainly a Kyler nice Murray, enough yeah, looking guy. For sure, for sure. Like, I, because, look. I'm going through Terry Bradshaw back in the day. Oh, he was like a <laughs> glorious golden lion. But here, here's the thing, though. At that level, like, playing quarterback at that level requires so much just charisma <laughs> I just thought of one I'm not going to say it. Just charisma (laughs) and gravitational pull. Uh And let's be honest, most people respond to good-looking people. Sure. And I feel like at that level, for again, you will be able to find exceptions. But for I have a really good one. Your face sounds like you found an exception. And he's a really good one, too. But for the most part, for the most part, you got to be good-looking. I think the foremost part is important. Like you got to be a pretty good looking yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, it's it's that I think, thing, right? You I think I know you're early. talking about too. Well, it also I think it goes. We'll talk about it in a break. It goes back to a lot of these people were like the BMOCs and yeah. high school, even going back to grade school. There's magnetism. There's there's BDE, right? There's all those sorts <laughs> of things. A, I've got a friend who's throwing out suggestions. Yeah, no, there's there's a leader that. It's it's going to blow your theory apart. <laughs> Just texted one guy. The, yeah. Woof. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll see how we can come up with this. Uh, plus, I want to talk about what Jeannie uh, was talking about with The Athletic, that Russell was their best or he's their most consistent. And does it really matter at all? That's next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN.